So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to pick up where Elder Jeff left off last week. And if you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts 8, 26. We're going to start in verse 26. Acts 8 and 26. Just a quick overview of this first section of Scripture. We're going to be talking about Philip and when Philip ministered to the Ethiopian eunuch. And it's very fitting today, being as though that the world, the country is celebrating Halloween, that we're going to talk about angels. Very fitting. Lines up. So we're going to have our own Halloween, but we're going to talk about the good angels, not the craziness. Amen and amen. So if you'll follow along with me as we read, we got a lot of scripture to read today, but let's break down into it. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he rose and went, and behold, I'm going to stop right there real quick. Reading that, and it just jumped out at me again. So Philip was so in tune that an angel of the Lord came to him and said, go. Philip didn't say, hey, hang on just a minute. Go? Not only did you tell me to go, but then you told me it's a desert? I mean, I'm going to be honest. I might have said, are you sure? Should I take some water? Do I need something? I'm going to the desert? Oh, Okay. But he didn't. He got up and went. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, a great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. If you have a pen or if you have a highlighter, I want you to underline right there, had come to Jerusalem to worship. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. And was returning. So he was returning back to Ethiopia. And sitting in his chariot was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in Scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, 
and he was baptized. Now, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Let's just say, if when I knelt down and I was led through the sinner's prayer, that person who led me through the sinner's prayer then disappeared, that would have tripped me out. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. That, that would have tripped me out. But you know what the funny thing is? Is it didn't even bother the Ethiopian eunuch. He praised. He praised and went on rejoicing. So on page 44 of our Acts book, with God's word as our source of information, we see the angels, that angels may be actively involved in assisting the advancement of the church on earth through messages. And I underline maybe because I, I personally didn't like that phrase in the book. Because it's not maybe, it is. Angels do assist in the building of the church. Angels do assist in comforting us here today. Because as we've said since the beginning of all of this Sunday school, if he did it back then, he will do it today, and then he will do it tomorrow, right? So if he did it back then, he will do it today. Philip had evangelized in Jerusalem and Samaria, but it was a messenger angel who told him to go into the desert where he met the Ethiopian eunuch. That's significant because as Jews, they weren't allowed to go hang with the Gentiles. They were, the Gentiles were unclean. You couldn't talk to them. You couldn't, you couldn't intermingle. If the Gentiles showed up into Jerusalem or into areas of the Jews, it was kind of like, okay, I'll take your money, but we're not, we're not here. We're not cordial, okay? So it's very significant to know that for Philip, a man, a devout man, a dedicated man to get up and just go, he knew he was in touch and knew that that was an angel who was sending him. His discernment was dead on, okay? Now, let's go into Acts 10, okay? We're going we're gonna to fast forward just a little bit. We're going to skip over Saul's conversion for just a minute. And let's go to Acts 10. And I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit. We're, so the first verses I'm going to read is Acts 10, 1 through 8. Acts 10, 1 through 8. Because what we're going to do is, is this, this reveals the angelic intervention on behalf of Cornelius. Cornelius is the second Gentile to be converted. But as we'll see, the cool thing about Cornelius' conversion, this started the first Gentile revival, as I wrote down. So here we go. Acts 10, 1 through 8. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Does everybody know what a centurion is? Because that's very important. Centurion is a Roman officer who was the dude, 
You don't get to be a centurion in the Roman army without being the guy, okay? So he was very well known. He was very strong. He was a leader. He had a lot of people under him. He had a lot of people that looked to him, okay? A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. I want you, if, again, if you have a highlighter, if you have a pen, I want you to underline verse 2. A devout man and one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Here is a Gentile, y'all, who has not heard the word yet. Here is a Gentile who is seeking. And this is, I may mess up my whole notes, but I want to go ahead and make this point. It says here in verse 2 that he was a devout man, one who feared God with all of his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Right? So that, that's there. Let's go back again one more time. I'll, I'll do it so you don't have to. But what, what I ask you to underline in Acts 8 about the Ethiopian unit, he had come to Jerusalem to worship. Do you see the similarity there? Neither one of these men had heard the gospel yet. But they were seeking. They were seeking. They, they didn't know, but they knew something was pulling them. So the Ethiopian eunuch, he, he made the trip all the way to Jerusalem and was worshiping, seeking, asking God to do something. The centurion, he was given, he was praying, he was seeking, asking God to do something. So you can't just show up and expect God to move on your behalf. You got to seek. You got to work. You got to put that time in and reading and studying and praying. And when all else fails and you can't read anymore and you can't pray anymore, groan. Groan. The Bible says groan in the spirit because he knows, he understands. So when you got to have that answer, you got to pull on the strings. Here's an example of two men, two Gentiles who didn't even know specifically what they were needing until the angel of the Lord came and sent Philip. That's, y'all, that's huge. That's huge because if God will do it for two who haven't even been converted yet, how much more will he do it for those of us who have been saved? Right? Okay, let's move on. And when he, when he had a CC, verse 4, and when he, had, when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers, your alms that you have given up for memorial before God now, send me to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner. I'm going to jump down here. To verse 7, and when the angel who spoke to him departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited for him continuously. So when he explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Now let's go to verse 10, 28. And here we actually see 
<laughs> we actually see where it, 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 it tells us, that, as Peter says, we, we, we don't mix with the unclean, right? So verse 28, it says, Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation, but God has shown me that I should not call any man uncommon or unclean. So what had happened was Cornelius sent his guys. Cornelius sent his delegation of men that he trusted to go get Peter, as the angel had instructed, okay? So when these guys come in and they say, hey, Peter, we are sent here by Cornelius, the centurion. We've come to get you, and this is why. And they explain everything. And Peter's like, you guys know I can't do this, right? But he said, but God has shown me, because why? Because God visited Peter in a dream, in a vision. He visited him and told him this was coming, okay? So now let's go on down to verse 44 through 48. We're still in Acts 10, verses 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay for a few days. So here we see, so Cornelius, he was the second, he was the second Gentile conversion after the Ethiopian eunuch. And the thing that Cornelius did was when he knew Peter was on his way, he called his friends, his family, brought him in and said, okay, y'all got to hear what's coming. Y'all got to hear what's happening. And the first Gentile revival broke out right there among his family and his friends because he knew he had faith because why the visitation of the angel that came to him because of his seeking and his work as with supernatural gifts of the spirit as we've been talking about the past few weeks angelic activity did not cease after the time of the apostles Angels are still actively involved with building God's kingdom on earth. Hebrews 13.2. This is a good spot to write it down. Hebrews 13.2. King James Version says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So I'm going to jet my own personal story here. I wasn't here for this story, but it was told of my dad. My dad, as you guys know from my testimony, my dad was, was, a, was a, a, a hardcore Baptist to the bone guy. He, he, he believed and, and studied what he, what he was taught. He wasn't taught the fullness of it, but he believed in that, 
okay? My mom had to go to the hospital to have a procedure done. She had uh, an assist on her ovaries. So they were having to go in and remove these assists. And they told my dad, if it's nothing big, she'll be in there an hour and then she'll be out. If it's something major, if it's something worse, she'll probably be in there three plus hours. So I was at school, I was waiting. I didn't know what was going on. My dad was in the waiting room. Three hours passed, four hours passed, five hours passed. Nobody had come talk to my dad. And of course, my dad's sitting there expecting the worst. He's tripping out. All of a sudden, there was nobody in the waiting room. It was just him. And he was pacing back and forth. And all of a sudden, an, an elderly gentleman came in to the room. And he said, sir, he said, are you okay? And my dad said, no, sir. He said, I'm not. And he told him the story. He told him what was going on. And he said, at that moment, the elderly gentleman turned and looked at him right in the eyes and said, sir, I believe and I know that your wife, <laughs> your wife is going to be okay. There's nothing wrong. And my dad was in tears. He said, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And then the man left and walked out. And my dad said, he, he stood there for a minute. He's like, I really need to go get this man's name and thank him, be able to send him a card. And you guys know how hospitals are. You got them long hallways and they go on for 100 years. Well, this was one of those hallways that didn't have any turns, nothing. I mean, and it wasn't like dad stood there for five. He said, literally, I turned to chase him out. And he said, when I walked out, there was nobody there. There was nobody there either way. Asked the nurses, did you see a man come by? They said, no, sir, we haven't seen anybody. You entertain angels unaware every day that you have no idea that you entertain. So all that being said, <laughs> be careful. Because that angel may not be a man coming to you and saying, hey, everything's going to be okay. It could be a homeless man on the street. It could be somebody that you don't expect. So that's why we have to be careful. Nevertheless, wisdom teaches we would do well to heed Paul's warning. But if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's in Galatians 1.8. Galatians 1.8. Any angelic message must be judged by God's eternal word of truth. Because just as real as angels are, demons are just as real. Demons know the word. They can impersonate. They can distract. They can, they can do what they can to lead you astray. So it's very important to know what the word says. That's why we have been teaching. That's why we, we have been saying, Elder Jeff said it last week several times, study yourself. Write these verses down. Study yourself. Because if you don't know yourself, it will be easy to be deceived. Because as we hear in, in Revelation, in the end times, even the elect will be deceived. Even those who have been in church and Bible school and Bible study, Sunday school, Christian school, Christian college, the elect will still be deceived. 
So it's very important to dig into this word and know what it says. Because as we found out, if you change one word, it completely disregards everything else. So if, if, if you're not paying attention and that one word's changed, you could take the wrong path. That's why it's so, so very important, y'all. So very important. How am I doing? Okay. I don't have a, a, a lot more time to dig in fully. Let, let me say this real quick um, before we go on, because we're talking about angels and being able to discern angels. This book right here, Pastor Amanda gave it to me whew, year, a year or better ago, I think it was. It's called Seeing Angels. If you've taken notes, write this down. Seeing Angels by Joshua Mills. This book right here breaks down what angels are, the different angels, what they do, what their colors are, what their colors mean. When you see a feather falling from the sky and there's no, I mean, it, it breaks down the entire thing. And then all of a sudden, when you sit back and you, you start realizing, oh my goodness, we do entertain angels unaware because they're all around. And, and I want to encourage you to dig, grab this book and dig into it along with your study, because this will really open your eyes and help you understand. And it also teaches you, which I didn't know until I read the book. You know, you've heard about sending warring angels out on your behalf. You've heard about that, healing angels, angels of blessing, angels of warring to, to defend yourself, to fight your own battles. Joshua breaks down on how to do that. I never really knew Okay, God, would you, would you send that angel to go get that guy? <laughs> it was sicking. Doesn't really work that way, right? But, right. but, what, but what this does is it really breaks down and, and helps you understand. For instance, I'm just going to read, read a few things because I, I really don't have time to get into, in, into Paul today. So let, let's keep focusing on angels, Okay. Seraphim, that's one of the angels. Seraphim has six wings each, two covering their feet, two covering their face, and two utilized for fight. That's one angel. That's six wings. That's a bad dude. Uh-uh. Uh I don't want to mess with that guy. But he fights on your behalf. Ooh. Cherubim. God's celestial attendants, fullness of wisdom. They are an order of angels with wings that guard the holiness of God and the holiness of God's light and his glory. The cherubim are winged protectors of God's throne. Man, so now... When you read in the word, and now when you start seeing what these angels are listed as in the word, now, now you got a definition of what really that is and the holiness of it, right? 
And then there are groups of angels, dominions. Dominions are angels of leadership. Then you have virtues. These virtues work to encourage people and motivate them towards making wise choices, choices of faith. They offer supernatural strength and divine energy when needed. That's another division of angels. And then you have a division of angels listed as powers. These are warrior angels who wage war against demonic powers. And then, as we've, we've all seen in the Bible many times, principalities, right? We've seen that in the Bible a lot. Another division, these angels are assigned to watch over and care for specific communities, regional states, and kingdoms, okay? That's what that division of angels is for, principalities. And then you have the archangels, right? These are the chief angels who are assigned to communicate and carry out God's specific plans for mankind, and then you have the ministering spirits. They are the angels we interact with the most. They are the angels who work continually in the material world, abiding within the first heaven, carrying out God's orders among us. And also in this book, he breaks down the first, the second, the third heavens. He breaks down everything and to help you understand how the angels work, it, it's, it's very detailed. But I encourage you to get this book because we are talking about angels today and to fully understand angels unaware, this will help you open up your eyes and then pair it with the Bible, okay? I encourage you to do that. I'm done a little bit early today, not much, but as we go about our day, everybody, know that As I've heard it preached my whole life, if God will peel back the scales from our eyes and we can actually see the war that's going on in front of us, we wouldn't be able really to handle it. So it's very important for us to see the small things. See the fact that as you're driving your car, God has assigned an angel to that car to protect you. As you go about your day, God has assigned angels and there are angels at your disposal to fight your battles for you. They are there to do that. You need a healing. There are healing angels that are going to be dispatched, that are there to be dispatched by the mighty name of Jesus to send to your loved ones, your friends that you can't get to, but the angels can get to them. It's very important to realize, guys, that those angels... <laughs> those angels have access, all access, as Pastor Amanda has said, to go through every barrier that we can't get to physically and to dispatch for your behalf, for your loved one's behalf. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we have talked a little bit today, God, about your angels, God, we've talked about, God, how you, Father, have sent angels to protect us, to guide us, to speak to us, to tell us when to move, tell us when to stay. Father, I pray, Lord, as we go throughout the rest of this day, 
Lord, that we will be in tune, God, to what you have for us, God, and we will recognize the small things. We will not miss when you have dispatched an angel to us to tell us where to move. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I send your healing angel, God, to the hospitals around this area. Father, to the hospitals around this country, God. Lord, to the loved ones, Lord, that we have and friends who are in these hospitals, Lord, that are suffering, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we send and we declare your healing by the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth over them right now, Father God. Father God, right now, we dispatch in the name of Jesus your warring angels, God. We send them out, God, on our behalf, Lord, for our loved one's behalf, God. Lord, the enemy is coming to fight today more than ever, God. This is the day, God, that he is set apart in the world to celebrate him. But no, Father, in the name, oh, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, we send your warring angels out on our behalf, on our friend's behalf, on our loved one's behalf, God, that they will fight the battles, God, that they will defeat the demons, and God, they will push back and hold back in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Father God, we, whew, Father God, we send, we dispatch your angels of provision, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Those who need a touch financially, God. Those who need a touch, Lord, right now in a special way, God, that can't make it unless you do something, Father. We dispatch them right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we love you, Father. We praise you. Father, we ask, God, that you will send your ministering angels, God, dispatch them to this place, God. Your presence will fill this place today again. Continue, Lord, to have your cloud, God, the weight of your glory in this place through every chair, every aisle, every, every parking space, everywhere on this property, God, that your glory will rest and Father God, that when people walk on the property, God, they'll be instantly healed. And they won't know why necessarily, but when they walk in the house, they will find out it's because of the healing power of God. Lord, that instantly, God, there will be those who will be delivered right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Why? Because your power resides here, God. Not of our works, God, that we should boast, God, but for you, for your glory, God. Lord, miracles, signs, and wonders went everywhere you went for your glory, God. Father, we praise you. We thank you, God. We humbly, humbly worship you in all we say and all we do. And it's in the mighty, in mighty name of Jesus we pray all these things. Amen and amen.